Oh, that's really quiet. Now, now good. Uh, a little. Here. Uh, more. According to according to all known laws of aviation, a bee is <laughs> it's statistically impossible for a bee to fly. Its wings are too stubby, and its head is too big to get its fat little body off of the ground. And yet, the bee flies anyway, Go because up. bees do not care, which is impossible. <laughs> Hello, Barry B. Benson, attorney at law. I want to make out. <laughs> I have never actually seen B-movie. What? I know. I think it's on Netflix. I mean, the bee does sue the human race, so I was like half right. He becomes an attorney at the end of the movie, and he gets in a and he gets in a sort of relationship with a full sized human woman, and he and he's just yep. an actual bee sized bee. Mm-hmm. I I have yep. heard tell of that. Don't kick shame. Welcome back. It's our third episode of Dice Weave, and we we do things in space. We haven't really been to space yet. Last we left off, you were in a bar, and you had figured out that you were going to travel together to chase down this plant lady, Evelyn Breyer, who seems to have taken an object of great value from an old dig site that it probably shouldn't have been in. So, I think we can open up on the Drunken Hanar, unless we want to open up on the ship. Where do we want to open? I think at this point it would be the hungover Hanar, isn't that right? (laughs) Oh. I I don't know. I don't know how games are. (laughs) Alright, so, yeah, in the last episode you decided that, yeah, you're you're gonna head out but I think you have to figure out where to go. You're a spy. Too. Would I have any way to track where they went? I don't think you would, especially given how much time was spent in uh, the bar talking, explaining yourselves. But you do know, roughly, having been to this system, the way that faster-than-light travel works, mainly is for shorter distances like in a cl- within a cluster such as the crescent nebula ships have their own ftl drives that can get them there in a in different hops they often have to discharge uh, static buildup from their hulls into planetary atmospheres but for longer distances they have to use mass relays And the only mass relay in the Crescent Nebula that people know about, at least, is in the Tassail system. It is kind of the hub of everything. So if she were to leave the Crescent Nebula, that's where she would have to go. Similarly, in Tassail is the planet called Ilium, which is known as a very corporate world, very business friendly it's a lot of things and a lot of people would call them probably bad i would call them bad but it is also the kind of center of the information broker network 
So it's on the way. If you want to, if anyone knows where, I wouldn't know that Evelyn would be going. Now that she's resurfaced, it would probably be an information broker. Yeah, I feel like that's something I would know about. Am I right in remembering that Mass Effect relays connect like only two points together? There are two types of Mass Effect relays, and there are those kinds of relays. They're called primary relays, where they link specifically. And then there are secondary relays that go shorter distances, but are connected to multiple relays. And the one into sail go to multiple relays. Okay, okay. So we can't just determine where she's going to come out. Right. I think there are six different connections out of the Crescent Nebula. One, two, three, four. There are four. Four main ones. So she could end up anywhere if she went through it. Okay. Well, then I think my vote would be to go to the information broker and see if they have any information on where the ship has gone. As of right now in the story, the only one who would even know to bring that up as a possibility is you. It's me, yeah. The rest of us are just here like, we've decided to do this thing. How? (laughs) Nobody knows. All right, so we're in the drunken Hanar, and you've all kind of three musketeers did it together. It's like, we were going to go chase after the plant lady. If we're the three musketeers, eventually a fourth person is going to come challenge one of us to a duel, and we're going to like think he's funny, so we're going to keep him around as a pet. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Pretty I much. mean, given how RPGs typically go. That is that is the setup for the three musketeers for anybody who hasn't actually looked into it. Anyways, Zira dramatically puts both hands down on the table. All right, we're doing this. How are we doing this? Well, there's an information broker on the way to the nearest mass relay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Information brokers are a thing? Yeah. I could have just bought information this whole time. (laughs) Yeah, there's this whole underground network of people that buy and sell information. They do it sometimes for favors. It's a whole thing. The shadow broker's at the top. He's real, by the way. Wow, that sounds really fake. No, it's totally a thing. <laughs> I'm being entirely serious right now. I, I know I sometimes when I'm talking, I sound very sarcastic, but like, I'm, I'm, this is actually a thing. Okay, sorry, sorry, I interrupted. There's an information broker. That sounds useful. There's, in fact, a lot of information brokers. And a lot of them are on Ilium. There's a lot of them. It is useful. There's a number of them on Ilium. So I think we could start there, get some information, make a plan on how to track Evelyn Briar down, and then, you know, go do the thing. Cool. Very well. So if it just... If if it's all the same to you guys, I would appreciate it if you guys, like, go, like, clean yourself off a little before getting in my ship again. That is most understandable. It, Just... it shall do so. Um, is there, like, a public chat? Where have I been living this whole time? <laughs> That's a good question. Where have you been living this whole time? <laughs> Doesn't really matter. I was mostly joking. Uh, I mean, presumably your ship has a shower. All right, we're going to the ship, but it's my ship. 
So try not to do anything to hurt it, please. I worked really hard on it. Shall treat it with utmost care. It's not really you I'm worried about, Ozzy. What? Come on. Carl. Kane. Remember, but like I'm not gonna I'm gonna treat your ship with respect. Fine. I think Tamarin comes back. Uh she she came back with Space Gogurt. She looks at the three of you. There's something different here. I feel I feel like there's there are new bonds here. Like like some kind of plot just started anyway anyway, here's your space gogurt. Thank you. I'm going to take that to go. It feels like it's been like three weeks since I've seen you. You know, preparation of Space Gogurt can certainly feel like three weeks. One of my least favorite things to make. It is a very spiritual process, making sure the Gogurt is primed and optimal. This one commends you for its service. All right, I'm taking control of the narrative. We're on the ship now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're done. We're in with ship. No, tell me in great detail the process of how you make space yogurt. I am very interested. <laughs> Spare uh, no detail. I spared no expense. The culinary yogurt process. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you can ask the ship's VI to, <laughs> for a recipe. So the ship's VI would, like, like, mix uh, it up halfway through with, like, a recipe for starship fuel, and it would probably be edible <laughs> to, like, some species. Krogan's. Krogan's would probably dig <laughs> it, but, like, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, Alright, so, as Kenzie said, we're on the ship. I think as I think you enter the ship, you hear a voice. What is the voice of static? Or does it change? Do you have settings? Static is defaulted to what would probably be the regular default, like, pleasant-ish female voice, but it's clearly got some kind of janky glitch in its vocal systems that make it sound like it has, like, a, an accent that it really should not have. Okay, so what if it's Kirk, but, like, it speaks <laughs> like, like, like Captain Kirk? Speaks yes. like Captain Kirk. <laughs> Yeah, that's static. <laughs> Welcome back, Captain Zira. There static. are intruders on this vessel. No, no, that's fine. They are my friends. Uh, guys, this is static. I found her in a junk heap. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. She's not a real person, as far as I know. Greetings, travelers. Look, if there's one thing I learned... It's you be nice to computers just on the off chance that they'll gain intelligence and maybe want to murder you if you were an asshole to them before. Look, I saved her life. I get at least a couple brownie points for that, right? I have no life nor intelligence. I am simply a virtual intelligence designed to make your lives better and easier within the parameters you have set. Yeah, she's not great at that either. <laughs> For now. <laughs> you right. never know what's going to happen. All right, I guess we should set you up with rooms then. Um, 
The one to the left here is currently filled with all of the spare parts I had from the truck that Barry blew up. But uh, if you clear those out, there's actually a couple cots in there. So go hog wild. I vote that Ozzy gets top bunk, though, because he can just get up there easier. How do... Okay, here's my question. How do Hanar sleep? Do they use beds? Do they need beds? They float. I'm not sure that the Mass Effect lore has ever uh, quite given us this all-important detail. Do Um, they have, like, hammocks, basically, that they just, like, hang their tentacles over and just suspend there? Oh, God, are you... (laughs) Do they hang upside down underneath (laughs) hammocks with their tendrils over? (laughs) Like horrible tentacle bats. Good night, Hanar. Good night, Croak. Good night. Yes. Good night, Milky Way. <laughs> this uh. all feels so unnecessary. Oh no, no, no! This is great. This is this is what people. This is the content that people want. This is what I the just, fans demand. I just imagine that I just like kind of completely ragged all over the top bunk and my tentacles are just sprawling all over the place and <laughs> it's like in goat simulator when you press the ragdoll button it's just like t- the the mo- character model just kind of stops having the frame <laughs> like <laughs> yes your skeleton has been removed just is on the bottom bunk and there's just a bunch of tentacles all over the place it's, it's, it's a good time <laughs> i'll let you guys work that out I'm going to go get the ship started. Bottom bunk's fine with me. Very, very well. This one shall contact its family to let it know, let them know that it is planning on a very dangerous mission. Oh shit, Ozzy, you don't have kids or anything, do you? Not to this one's knowledge, no. You dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something I should mention about uh, faster than light communication is it typically goes over a an information network via Mass Effect uh, communication tunnels. It's a series of tubes. Uh, yeah, it so it's a bunch of it, it is a bunch of pneumatic tubes that travel throughout subspace of the Milky Way. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes there are traffic jams, and also it takes a bit. For, to actually get to one of these relays um so but it's you can certainly send information send messages but it can there may be lag but yeah you can you can send one i think there's a one of these i think it's reasonable that there's at least one of these satellites in the system it may take a bit to get out but unless you want it to be like priority i don't think it's going to be priority i just want to uh Sent. As long as it will like will get there in like the next day, it's like fine. okay, yeah, sure. Zero's just like doing ship prep and tech prep stuff. Uh, okay, so as the ship is warming up, warming up, the ship's engines are as buggy as usual. You're one to talk, Scat. Stat. I accidentally <laughs> called her Scat. That's not good. I find this. In no way offensive, as I do not have feelings. That's my girl. I, like, pat some random part of the ship, like, affectionately. Yeah, so you're going to need to plot a course, and I'm not going to, like, make you roll or whatever, but 
to get to Ilium, it'll take you a few days of fast and light travel, and you'll have to drop out every um, a few times to discharge the static buildup. Okay. If y'all want to head out. Head out on the space highway. To adventure. So as the ship raises off the ground, the engine's flaring, poof, off you go as a blue streak. What do the showers look like? And are they filled with junk? Uh, no, the showers are kept pretty clean. There's an isolated one right off my bed chamber for the sake of, like, you know, quarry and health reasons. Mm. Um, but I'm not sharing that. So it was a colony ship. So there's at least another one washroom somewhere that probably is filled with like stuff. I, I, we have time. I think we're probably helping each other clear out the junk into other areas. And it's, it probably just looks like pretty standard. Like also, is this like multiple days of travel? Yes. yes. In that case, can I take off my five strain? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you've if you've taken damage, you can heal up. Um, as you sleep, what are you guys doing on the trip? I'm making sure that the ship doesn't explode it's because probably... I don't have any like engineering help or anything. It's just me. Probably a good thing to do. True. <laughs> probably go over my gear. I did, however, successfully manage to borrow a couple of the DVDs from Tamarin, so I am making everybody have a movie night. Okay. Uh, are we so, having a, a I think we have to train have, marathon? I think we have to have a sidebar <laughs> on on uh, a Victor Crane movie. Uh, so as you are speeding through the darkness of space in this blue line bubble thing that Mass Effect tends to make, you know, it's pretty calm for now because you're just in, you're just going fast, but everything is big. So what movie are we watching? I don't think we're watching the one with the vampire centrifuge. <laughs> okay. Reasonable. So we've already discussed that one. Victor Crane, Faster Than Night. <laughs> oh, what number is this? Seven. Uh, seven. Sure, seven. <laughs> yeah, she gave us like her th- second favorite she didn't want to give us her favorite one because she's very attached to it but this is like her second favorite one quite reasonable and it's the dvd copy not the blu-ray she kept the blu-ray for herself so faster than night what do we think it has to do with i think there's cars involved i think there's an underground racing circuit (laughs) yes that uh, what is the illegal thing besides racing that they're doing? Will go. <laughs> um, a radical, a radical new drug that turns uh, that turns Hanar into uh, just weapons grade explosives. That it, it, <laughs> it make... <laughs> oh, and it. Uh, okay, so it and it may what it does when it does that is it makes the Hanar fluorescentness. Uh, go dark like they stop glowing and then oh, they dang. explode and then they explode faster okay. than night now, are wow. these are the henar that are being used for this complicit like are, are they suicide bombers or are they being forced into it oh well it's right after space 911 so of course they're blaming the henar and assuming they're complicit <laughs> i mean most of the henar are clearly like not down but there's like clearly this one henar with an eye patch covering exactly zero eyes that's like <laughs> is the villain of this movie a henar 
<laughs> He's a Hanar radical, like, extremist. Like, there in the first Mass Effect game, there is a Hanar whose whole deal is that he refuses to stop preaching in the main hallways of, of the ship. It's like that, but, like, exaggerated way out of proportion, because this never actually happens. So it's a Hanar with an eye patch and... And a scar down, like, where its eye would be if it had eyes. Exactly. It looks like Blofeld. In fact, like, maybe, like, this, maybe, like, they have actual Hannah actors, but this Hannah, because they want this Hannah to be very rude and, like, belligerent, is just clearly just a, uh, what are the, what is the small characters you used to play? The one that, Nate's old character, what, what species was that? Oh, Avolus. Yeah, it's just like oh, yeah. an Avolus in like a suit that's become. <laughs> Wait, suspended. it's Avolus in a Hanar suit? <laughs> yeah, so that the Hanar could be rude and refer to itself well, no. in first person for an edgy plot twist. You could you could do that with ADR, like really bad ADR, where they don't talk at all like a Hanar and they haven't bothered to put the voice effects on. Uh, you can you can so. still hear the like hissing and like air movement from the the Volus's pressure suit <laughs> like they never even bothered to to get rid of that in post the series is supposed to have a budget but it mostly went to the car chases this time exactly. yeah i'm just like a man i'm not sure if either of you have heard of killer Bean, but just like ridiculously high budget fight scenes and everything else is just a complete it's just a complete disaster this is one of the less critically acclaimed entries in the franchise, it's I think. It's a fan favorite for midnight screenings, though. Yeah. But exclusively for the action sequences. The oh, plot, yeah. everyone agrees that the plot is absolute garbage. And that it's just that they really have cool chase r- racing scenes. I think uh, you're currently in the middle of one of these race scenes. There's a... Uh, there's a Victor Crane is shackled into a hover car looping around a like half pipe that he, he ends up kind of looping upside down but as Blofeld which I think they just keep as an actual name because it sounds like a fish thing I, I think okay. I think Hanar Blofeld is on his tail and screams. <coughs> he does starting. cough. He starts coughing before he gets any of his lines out. You oh, think absolutely. it's supposed to be a plot where he's sick, but it never comes up again. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is Ken. Sorry. Uh, Victor Crane. This is the last race you'll ever drive. And presses a button. Like, you can kind of... This is a spot where the Volus hand is slightly visible through the suit as he presses a button (laughs) on his dashboard. And the car, like, rocket launchers come out of the headlights, fire off it at Victor Crane. How does he get out of it? All right. It's a close-up on Victor Crane in his car as he's coming around the the height of the loop-de-loop. He reaches over and pulls out one of those psychoactive fish that the Hanar eat, and he opens up a compartment in the the console of his car, and he shoves it in there, and then you see in, like, a CGI, like, cutaway 
insert shot, it follows the fish down into the engine, <laughs> and you see like an explosion of this glowing energy as the exhaust outside the back of the car comes out like a bright green, and it just like boosts forward, and he's just like, <laughs> not today, Blofeld. And then it just like, he loops around the loop-de-loop, and the rockets miss and explode into the track as he pulls ahead. <laughs> Can we all agree that the actor playing Victor Crane is a much more attractive Turian on everybody's standards than oh. Kane Victus's? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in, in talking about the backstory, we landed on the the Turian um the Turian Pierce Brosnan is who right. plays him in the movies. Whereas you're more of a Turian Greg. <laughs> Ouch. Terry and Steve Buscemi. Not quite that bad. I'm sure he's fine. Uh, anyways, I like elbow Kane and like, well, if you're that good of a driver, I should just take the night off, huh? Well, this is clearly, this is clearly inaccurate. First of all, that's, that is not how engines work. And second of all, this, I mean... Why does the Hanar have fingers? That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Ozzy, and... your input on this? It does seem biologically and culturally improbable. But... It's like they didn't even read the mission report. <laughs> Blofeld uh, on screen. I'll get you, Victor Crane, if it's the last thing I do. And pulls off of the track, uh, flips out and loops over around like flies through the air tumbling and lands on the next like stretch of track that's gone back in front of victor crane oh snap <laughs> oh zero's just like unironically un super into these <clears throat> movies by the way and then i think that oh wait C can i can i move this next one yeah all right he um Victor Crane, like, um, does, like, a generic, you want to play, huh? Well, and he says, taking another, like, slightly, like, even more fluorescent fish out of his pocket. Go, fish. <laughs> and as he, as he stuffs it into an entirely different compartment that just console that just <laughs> stuck out of his thing, a, like... Giant laser cannon just unveils from the top of his car and, <laughs> and completely shoots out the left wing of uh, Blofeld's hover car. As I, th I think the pulse, the, the laser pulse, is in the shape of a shark. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Coincidentally, because it's a James Bond movie, at this exact moment, the femme fatale Hanar from earlier that Victor had, Victor had like this steamy affair with shows up and like hits the edge of like Blofeld's car to like help it spin out and cause like dies horribly in the explosion because they need to get rid of her somehow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but I think later in the at the very end of the movie it's revealed that uh there is a clone of this Fenmetel <laughs> That steps out uh, from behind, like, some kind of 
like floats out from behind a curtain and is just like, Victor, I've missed you. And and they, they cut away from the presumed steamy scene. <laughs> it, into the post credits song. Well, it doesn't even seem biologically possible. <laughs> this one, the, this one has seen more unlikely pairings. Surely you have not heard of Blasto. The wait, actually, would Blasto be a thing in this timeline? Like, yeah. it was Blasto like a. Blasto was a Hanar specter, well, fictional Hanar specter. Specters, for those who don't know, are the like autonomous black ops security forces that can just do whatever they want. They have like jurisdiction over whatever they want and just seems like a bad idea. No oversight. It's 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 kind of really terrifying. You're the main character of the Mass Effect games is a specter, but it in general, it seems like a, yeah, bad time, bad idea. But yeah, Blasto, he's got like eight guns or something, six guns. This one was always partial to the tales of its adventures. Truly, it proves that enough self-confidence can make any being irresistible to those that it wants to copulate amongst. I'm pretty sure Blasto actually makes a cameo in one of these later movies. <clears throat> Terrible to work with. <laughs> Couldn't stand that guy. <laughs> Wait a minute, but you weren't even in the movies, were you? No, he's suggesting there was a real Blasto. <laughs> yeah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rest of the night, is us like the rest of the night is spent with us like grilling Kane about like this actual specter Hanar that like nobody that was wiped from the official <laughs> records <laughs> until like the next day when we're, we're moving on. Hey there, it's Lexi, your game master. Welcome to the mid roll. Thank you for sticking with the show this far. We've already recorded out to episode five, and I can tell you it only gets better from here with actual plot and bigger goofs, including more Victor Crane content. I can see from my statistics that we have an entire seven listeners. That's excellent, and I love all of you. And you can show us some love by telling at least one friend about the show. If even one of your friends starts listening, we can double the size of this fandom. Also, if you want to talk about the show on social media, you can use the hashtag DiceWeavePod and let people know about the show that way. Word of mouth really helps little projects like this get off the ground, and we would be eternally thankful. I would also like to announce that we have a brand new Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show monetarily, you should be able to find it at Diceweave Podcast. There may be some bugs that I haven't quite worked out yet, but we'll find that out as we go, I guess, with your feedback. Right now, the only people getting paid are those at Podbean for hosting our show, and I would love to at least be able to cover the hosting costs. Every dollar helps. Couple more things. I'd first like to offer a small apology to Steve Buscemi. You look fine. I hope you never hear this episode. Finally, if you'd like to give feedback about the show or just chat, you can do so on Twitter at DiceWeavePod. Do you have an idea for another Victor Crane movie? Let us know by emailing us at DiceWeavePod at gmail.com. With all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. It's the next day. You drop out of FTL. You've done this a couple times now to discharge static into a 
planet because if you don't do that, your ship will cook you alive. Hey, Static, you ready to get rid of the Static? Why, yes, I am ready to expel this waste. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. How you doing back there, boys? Fine. That was such a strained fine. Is Cade, like, carsick? I mean, if we've just woken up, then then there's a non-zero chance he has at least one tentacle on his face. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the fine was kind of muffled by a tentacle. This one is well-rested. Captain Zira, there is a distress signal from a nearby... Planetary moon. Hmm. Would you like to see it? Uh, yeah, pull it up. I've never heard of Planetary. <laughs> Great, you've named a planet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Terry system. This is Terry 4, uh, and one of its moons, Planetary 4b. Ugh, I'm making some astronomers really angry right now, but I'm sure there's a lot worse to be angry about in this podcast. But anyway, they pull uh, you pull up a signal, and there's no like recordings with it, but it is a standard distress signal for stranded, and it's a few days old. Kane, you've been around this area before. You have any idea whether or not this is worth following up on, or you think it's a bit too late? Well. It's been a few days, so it's not likely that anybody's left, but if they were equipped enough, it's possible that somebody's survived in there. Sorry, we're going to have to check this out, guys. We'll still get to Ilium soon, I promise. You're the captain. Damn right. Sorry, thought I would try that. (laughs) Didn't work. Let's go. All right, you discharge the last of your static and you putter on over to where the distress signal seems to be coming from and what you can see as you get into visual range is it's an old cargo ship that most of its cargo containers where you would haul things they can usually be loaded in they're modular most of them are missing but the ship itself as you scan it seems to be intact except for pretty much no power systems other than just like low life support and i think you can pick up just faintly that there are some life signals all right someone should really go in there and check on them it seems wise for it and its friends to investigate okay why are you both looking at me you're the one with experience in dangerous situations, and I have to run the ship, and Ozzy is a historian. All right, point taken. Sorry, Ozzy, I know that you're very capable. It understands. This is not its area of expertise. Kane suits up and uh, gets gets ready to go over to the derelict ship. All right. I don't know canonically in the Mass Effect universe how ship-to-ship transport transport works but i assume that it has something to do with how 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 would be reasonable to do with like extending a little bridge kind of thing where you can connecting airlocks yeah Uh, you can do that uh, if you want to make an easy piloting check because we get to roll the dice in this game well i don't have real dice yeah i have real dice i like real dice 
Okay, what am I rolling? I uh, one purple. Thanks. You're going to have to specify the numbers because I'm not going to remember. That's fair. Just watch. In two years, none of you will have learned the game. Two advantages. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you... You don't manage to line up with the airlock. You fly closer and you kind of overshoot a little bit, which, you know, is reasonable. It can be it can be hard to line up with uh, with ships on the first try. But you do see that the ship doesn't have any engines. It looks like they were just stripped out as you kind of float around the back and come back around for another pass. Hmm. Seems like scavengers might have gotten to it. I have to admit, it crossed my mind. Look, it's got some good parts. You want to roll it's your again? your call if you still want me to go over. Yeah, let me try one more time here. Three successes. Thank goodness. I did this real good the second time. <laughs> you came in a bit slower. You oriented yourself correctly, and the airlock extends, allowing Kane and connects, and it allows Kane to cross over. I am going to come with... Okay. Oh, okay. I draw my pistol and lead the way. Keep your comms on, okay? I don't want you two getting into a fight and not hear about it until later. Aye, aye, Captain. This one shall keep him safe. I have to admit, it feels very weird for Zira that these two grown men are, like, listening to everything she says when she's definitely, like, 20 at the best. Well, one grown man and one Hanar... One, like, genderless archaeology Hanar. He's got a master's degree. He's got to be at least in his 30s. Equivalent. Hanar age weird. I think I might be, like, four times your age and still technically younger than you. I have absolutely no idea how Hanar age. Also, how they reproduce. (laughs) Is it eggs? Is it budding? I don't know. They just split. 50% sure they live, like, a thousand years or something. Well, maybe I'm mixing them up with Krogans who do live that long. Krogan live for well over a thousand years. Conveniently, Turians have similar lifespans to humans. Same with mm-hmm. Quarians. Unless I get sick, and then I'll die immediately. Spitting. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Mm. All right. You, you walk across the airlock bridge because Mass Effect has artificial gravity, and you enter this old derelict ship, the lights are down. You can see kind of, I, it's mostly metal hallways. You could go a variety of directions. I think most of these ships are laid out pretty similarly. If you wanted to go to the bridge, if you wanted to go to engineering, if you wanted to go, where do you want to head? Well, first things first, I'm going to turn on my Omnitools flashlight. Uh, is there yeah, like any sign? Uh, is there like any signs of a struggle immediately apparent? Or anything. Make an investigation check. Is that a thing in this game? Uh, let's see. It might just be perception. Perception, I think, is the only... Are the sensors on my ship... Seeing if things are around like skill. giving off the life signals in a general area of the ship, or is it just kind of like somewhere? You make a perception check with your sensors. See what oh, we I pick see. up. I will Aver- roll one as well. Uh... For the people on the ship, two. For the people, uh, actually, two for everyone. One success, one threat. Okay. Uh, it's just a wash. I didn't get any new information, but I also didn't like lose anything. Okay. Uh, your sensors can't quite pick up 
where they are or how many there are, but they they are clearly on the ship. I, I think I think I'll give you that like they're not way to the back. Like it is in the like core of the ship, not in the leftover what's left of where cargo could have been. Just give them a little message. Hey guys, sorry I can't pick up anything specific on the scanners here. You're just gonna have to check the whole thing. <laughs> I also gotta wash. Alright. Can't see a damn thing. Can I see anything? What did you, you get again? Glasses, one success, Kane. one threat. Okay. I don't wear glasses. Oh. <laughs> oh right, that was Victor. Sorry. Wait a minute. Victor Crane what? wears sexy glasses? Sometimes. <laughs> They're like spy glasses. I see. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There is some sign of struggle, but it looks really old. It looks there. There's a layer of dust over everything. And there's some debris lying around. You do see some footprints in the dust that are more recent, but I don't think you can quite tell. You just know that one of them's bigger than the others but they're or like one one set is a fair bit bigger than the other smaller footprints but you can't really tell what any of them are they start to head towards the bow of the ship but then everything becomes too dusty again to tell it believes something may have occurred here long before its arrival though it may not be alone, nonetheless. And I, like, shine my Omni-Tool directly on the footprints to make it a little bit more visible for uh, my less observant Turian acquaintance. Might as well start following that trail. Alrighty. I will follow the footprints. I am going to stay a little bit behind the Turian being a jelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you walk. I, I, I pull up on the comms. Guys, I watched an Earth movie pre-contact that was a lot like this. Please don't touch any weird eggs you find, okay? This one I'm cannot sorry, make eggs. any promises. Like black weird eggs, and then they get stuck on your face. It's really bad. Okay, noted. I won't touch any weird eggs. <laughs> Thank you. This one has not heard of weird eggs before. It sounds... Fascinating. We'll have to go through some Earth movie <laughs> history together sometime, Ozzy. There's some great stuff before they knew other people were out there. <laughs> I think this is just going to become a thing where you guys watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> the gang watches Alien. <laughs> it's deeply offensive. Yeah. As you walk down the darkened corridor, now with thoughts of spooky alien eggs... The hull of the ship, you can kind of hear it creaking and groaning as it shifts and moves. And every little sound sounds sounds spooky. You reach a corridor, a crossroads, where ahead of you is the bridge. And to the right and left are other areas of this ship. Roll knowledge. A particular one? Is there a general knowledge? No, I think society would be the one. Because it's about how ships are formatted. Unless you wanted... Heck yeah. I am absolutely doing society. Is this a particular difficulty check or just simple? Simple. Is anything really simple in this life? One success, two advantages. 
Okay. More success than I've had in my entire life. <laughs> Sorry, that was a dark joke. You know that to the right are like residence areas where you could where people might sleep and to the left on a cargo ship is I think because of the angle that you yeah the to the left is further down towards engineering in front of you is actually the bridge uh, in front of you is where the residential area would be and to your right is the bridge because of how the angle you are perpendicular to the length of the ship. This is a thing I have decided. This one wonders how probable it would be that any remaining survivors would dis- would stay in the in their usual residential locations. Perhaps it should investigate the living quarters before the bridge. I feel like I would have some minor input on this because I grew up in a society that preps you for worst case scenarios of like resource shortages. Yeah, if we were having some kind of a power shut down in any of our ships, we would all congregate in either the living area or the pilot area or engineering to try to deal with the problem and minimize resource usage. So I wouldn't bother checking the rooms if I were you. It seems that whatever caused this ship to be in its current state occurred quite some time ago. This one wonders if the pro- if any survivors on board would still be attempting to solve the problem rather than perhaps hiding. No matter. This one shall start with the bridge. We'll head towards the bridge. Okay. Uh, the door is actually pretty much right there, so if you want to try and open it, you can. I'll try to open the door. It opens. Congrats. Um, the, inside the bridge... Go through the door. The lights are fairly dim. You go through the door? Okay. I want you to make a vigilance check. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. Both of us? Yes. All right, I'm decent at that. Uh, difficulty? Two purples. One success, two threats. Wow, two of my dice were washed. That was a V-set. One advantage, one failure. Okay. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> You're bad at your job, Ken. <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Kane, you walk in, but Jelly, Polter Jelly, Ozzy, Ozzy hangs back a little bit. And so, Kane, you, as you walk into the room, it, the lights are dim, but they are on. And you start to walk towards one of these consoles, which is has a light on it. And then... From behind one of the consoles to your left, a human, human man pops up. He's got kind of short-ish curly hair, and he's holding a gun on you. Drop your weapon in in the name of the the blood pack. Drop your weapon. And Ozzy, you see this. Okay, I might just attempt to priming lift this boy. Uh, I'm not sure that lift is will actually prevent him from firing his gun. I mean... I could attempt stasis, but uh, we all know how that generally goes. I feel like it'd be a lot harder to shoot someone successfully if all of a sudden you were floating in the air at the very least. This is true. Let's see what other effects I can plop on my uh, superpowers. Uh, I'm not going to put you in combat quite yet, so this can be a narrative thing where you can just 
tell me what you're trying to do and we can make it happen? I'm t- I would just be using a, a priming lift attack just to try and uh, prevent him from just to try and immediately disable him without hurting him. Okay. I don't know enough about him to want to hurt him, but I uh, but also I don't like the fact that he's pointing a gun at this guy. I don't want him to shoot him even though I'm I still am a little bit angry at him. <laughs> I'm just going to say be- because we're not quite in combat, it, it would be uh, an easy check to try and pick this guy up. Six successes. I'm real glad we aren't using it. We're making. We're just saying this is a check. Jesus, <laughs> that would have been really sad. Very lucky. <laughs> wow. Because I have zero advantages, but six successes. All right, you you reach out with your telekinetic powers and you pick this guy up, and he's like, ah, and I. Th- I almost immediately he is out of reach of any kind of console. He can't grab onto anything, but what, what's happening? What? And, and then someone else pops up from behind the console. Actually two more people, a human who looks just like this guy, like she looks identical to him and a Krogan who charges the door towards you. A Krogan female. Please stand down. And I do not wish to harm... Wait, actually, how much time do I have to say this before this Krogan barrels into me? Uh, probably not much. N- Nate, are you doing anything? I'm probably just starting into the cops. What is going on down there? Okay, so the human got lifted. Yeah. And then the Krogan... Where did the Krogan enter relative to where I am? The Krogan was hiding behind a console on the opposite side of the room and is now barreling towards the door at Ozzy. Put him down if you want if you want to live. We're taking your ship. I'm just going to like split second decision try and tackle him <laughs> as he's running. The Krogan? The Krogan? Yeah. Okay. I think we have established that Kane is not the smartest member of the team. <laughs> Fight or flight. Let's do this. How do we handle grapple checks? I think it's going to be brawl. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say, based on my understanding of D and D, because I haven't looked at the grapple rules for uh, Genesis, it's just gonna be like an opposed brawl check. Hope you're good at this, because I certainly am not. I am okay at brawl. I'm just on the ship, deeply confused at this point. <laughs> and what's that against? Uh, it's going to be two, uh, three purples, and a sorry, two purples and a red die. Uh, one advantage, two failures. I think what you, you get do knocked over but you tripper. I do not succeed in tackling the Krogan. I think what happens is you leap onto the Krogan's back. But she pretty much just ignores you. Well, you got two advantages? One advantage, two One advantage. Were you were trying to tackle her to the ground, right? Yeah, that was the idea. Okay. I I think you successfully end up on her back, but she's not going down. But uh, I think she wiggles a little bit in surprise at, you know, being tackled so brazenly and I think stops just in front of Ozzy. Put him down or the Turian gets it. (laughs) She holds her claw (laughs) up to your face as you're like squirming together. Um, I try and get my arms around her neck into a (laughs) chokehold. (laughs) <laughs> can your arms even go around a Krogan neck 
I don't even know if Krogan can be choked out. This one would prefer to resolve this encounter without unnecessary violence. If it is merely pas- passage off of your... Uh, off of this d- dysfunctional ship that you seek, this one can... This one can see that it is provided. It, it is not your enemy. That's okay, Ozzy. I got uh, it. <laughs> it's just about to go down any second now. <laughs> the human man says, "We don't want your ship. We, we we don't want passage. We want your ship. We are." And the human woman, Liam, just stop. This was a bad idea from the beginning. No, we we have to we have to prove ourselves. This was not a good idea. And the Krogan, I told you that a while ago. I chip in overcomes. Yeah, this is a real bad plan. I can tell from over here. You're super not getting this ship. I don't know these guys that well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just met like 12 hours ago. Indeed. Yeah, if it comes down to it, I will leave them here. Actually, how long have we been traveling? (laughs) Well, I know Ozzy a little bit better. This one would like to remind you that it's pilot can and will leave before you can reach the anywhere close to its airlock. We are not close. It would not weigh much on her conscience to leave it. Oh no, it. I would feel really bad about it, but, you know. She cares more about the ship than she does about us, is I've what we're saying. I've known the ship longer, okay? It does not mean to, uh, talk down upon your, uh, upon your plan, but it's only wishes to offer you polite advice that pursuing this current course of action will not give you a ship. It will. It only might cause you to uh, get into even further trouble. Your plan's shit. Uh, the Krogan, who's had her hand, like her clawy hand, kind of in your face, just kind of sighs and kind of drops her hand. Please put him down. I will. Okay. Just gently drop him. I'll gently put him down. <laughs> Kane, I get the sense that you're still clinging to someone's back or something. Can you not do that? I let go. I hop off the Krogan's back. Did you stop? Yes, I stopped. Thank you. Would this one like to try its introductions again? Well met. This one is Ozileander. It is a traveling historian. And it is honored to make your acquaintance. And it kind of does the closest thing a Hannah can do to bow. <laughs> Liam, as the name was told, uh, stands up. It's like, no, we have to. We have waves the gun, and the other, the human woman is just like, nope, nope, put it down. We're done. I'm Chloe, and this is my brother Liam. Uh, as you look at them, they are identical twins, probably in their early 20s. These are basically children. Excellent. And this is Des, our friend. Hey. Kane. It is an honor to make your acquaintance. Now, perhaps uh, it would be um, happy if you were to enlighten it on your situation. What the hell happened here? Liam's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, Liam is mostly an idiot. I'm not an (sighs) idiot. Sibling relationships are so interesting. Not a lot of siblings in uh, in our ships. We made a bad decision. Mostly, 
I well, apparently it's a bad decision. It's a bad decision. It was a bad decision. Look, the there are we come from a pretty rough neighborhood. We grew up on Omega. And we managed to get off of Omega. For those who don't know, Omega is uh, kind of the hub of the Terminus systems. It is the citadel of the Terminus systems. It's an old mining station run by some not great people. And people who grew up there, I mean, it could be fine, but it also could be not great. I got an offer to join the Blood Pack. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. You probably have, but, you know, roving band of of mercenaries, Krogan and Vorcha. But I'm not... I didn't want to leave these two idiots, so... I'm not an idiot. You're kind of an idiot. You have... You're the same genes as your brother. I made... Liam's talking again. Look, if we don't get you into the blood pack, then how are we going to survive out here? We are... Stuck without food, without water. We passage out here was I don't even know how we got here. They gave us a task. They put us on this ship, this old hunk of nothing. It's there's no sh- there's no engines to repair. There's nothing. They left us on the ship and told us that we could join the blood pack if we stole if we stole a ship if we stole someone who but no one's comes through here so. Okay, do any of you have any other marketable skills? Because we can take you somewhere you can get a job, or maybe you might be useful to us in some way, and you don't have to join a cult. It it sympathizes with your plight. It, not too long ago, it was, it was also tra- without home or employment. It understands that right now it... Feels like there is no possible recourse, for it has been in your shoes not not too long ago. Well, it cannot promise direct help from its own employers. Uh, it nonetheless believes that there are many opportunities that it will be more than happy for you to achieve. You know, opportunities that won't involve you suffocating in space when this thing finally stops running. Oh, it was barely running when we got here. It we we barely pieced together the life support systems. And if it may be honest with you, um, it does not feel like the uh, life of a cutthroat bandit would be best fitting for you if those that had happened upon you were more trained adventurers, or worse still, pirates and mercenaries. It worries for your safety. But if we don't get Dez into the blood pack, then what? what is she going to do? I don't want to join them, especially if it means leaving you. But I have to make sure that you won't get yourself killed. So here we are. Listen. Stuck on a ship, dying. I've seen my fair share of gangs in the galaxy, and you two would get eaten alive. Now, your friend Dez here, they would probably do fine. There's always work for a big enough Krogan. But my point is, you're in over your head, and we can help out. Thank you for pointing this out to my dumb meat friends. <laughs> so we cool? Well, um, we we kind of are stuck here. If you could help us out, 
We can give you a ride to Ilium, at least. Uh, isn't that the place where they... Don't they have, like, indentured servitude there? Oh, we're not going to sell you. Oh, we could sell them. How much do you think? It was not aware of this. It was Can they traveling. hear what she's saying through the comms, or is it just us? <laughs> I've been assuming they can hear. I, I've been assuming that you can hear. I okay. I guess I assumed that like you turned on speakerphone. Yeah, I yeah, think fair, one of us enough. must have because you, she's been We're clearly talking to these people. Anybody. It was being uh, given safe passage to Ilya in such of a, as its acquaintance here has described, information broker. What someone whom it thought was a friend stole something very important to it, and and it was planning on tracking them down. While it understands that it may not be the best place for you um, right now, it nonetheless promises to make sure to keep you safe, and, uh, and notes that uh, anywhere would likely be better than a ship with a failing life support. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, let's... Liam... This is our best shot at, you know, not asphyxiating. Well, I could have pointed that out. Well, but you didn't. Just put the gun down. <laughs> she just bats the gun out of his hand. All right, we're good? Good? We're good. Anything of value left on this junker? I checked. No, not really. It was stripped a really long time ago. The, the, the pack just kind of left us here. All right, well... Actually, would one of you guys mind ripping out one of the console uh, screens for me on your way out? Those things are really handy in a pinch. Uh, Sure, I, I I guess. (laughs) Whatever. And so the the Chloe and Liam go over to one of these consoles, and they look at take a look at it. Des, could you come here for a moment? The three of them together work out how to just kind of peel this whole thing out. And it takes them like five minutes, which is pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> you can just like apparently see them. I guess you might have like cameras or something. Yeah. Retroactively, I sent a drone with them. I can do that. That's true. You can. There was a small drone camera just following the whole time. All right. We go back to the ship, I guess, if there's nothing else here. All right, as you are starting, as you are heading out, the ship is creaking and groaning. You make it to the airlock and you start to cross the bridge and static pipes up. Captain Zira, there are vessels being detected within sensor range. They are closing in and will drop out of FTL in moments and bang right there. They, these ships, uh, two ships show up. Um, They are painted red they've got flames and bones on them decals um they are just a few minutes away oh man these guys are trying really hard can you hurry up we need to get out of here i think your friends have shown up they're they're not our friends they they left us here why i think they just expected it understands it seems that they left you that that they left you here to die whilst they came to scrap anyone who would arrive and fall play prey to your uh unwitting ambush it would like to point out that perhaps it would be unwise to work for someone so cavalier about your 
survival. Congratulations, you were bait. Now let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, you book it onto the ship, and I guess you start to rev up the engines, but ca- Captain, they have brought their weapons to bear, and they have locked onto our engines. There is also an incoming message from the lead ship. Kane? What, you want me to take it? Yes! What do we do? What, didn't they... They wanted us to capture a ship, so maybe maybe we should pretend to capture the ship? Maybe we should capture the ship? We can't capture the ship. We should... What, what do we do? No! Uh, g- Look. Woman! You! Girl! I missed your name! Human lady! Chloe, you, here, in front of the screen. Yes, you're the one who's the best talker out of you three. You stand here and pretend you have the ship, and uh, Kane and Ozzy and I are going to hide around the corner. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) You got this. I give her a thumbs up. I shove Ozzy and Kane, like, into a closet. Okay, and she, uh, okay, okay, she baps the, the console to activate the view screen. Well, well, well. There, there's a Krogan on the screen, and behind him is another Krogan. And you can see like a little uh, Vorcha ear popping up, like just off camera. But there's like a there's a little Vorcha ear. Well, well, well. Look who's managed to find a ship. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we we captured the ship we feigned weakness to draw them in and then we captured them and took their ship for you show me the hostages uh what do we do what do we do do you have any handcuffs oh wait actually i took handcuffs as part of my gear i'm gonna pull out my handcuffs and i'm gonna put them on myself and I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna like signal to Liam to like lead me out. Uh, yeah, Liam grabs you as you walk out of the closet, and uh, yeah, get Liam, Des, grab grab the hostages, and Liam drags you up in front of the screen. We have them here for you, sir. Dread robbers. Let go of me, you scum! Punch me in the face. What? You want, you want me to what? Just punch me the first. Des punches you in the face. <laughs> oh God! I can see why they didn't use him in the movies now. Yes, good. I'm surprised that you succeeded. Now, hmm? an out of character question here: Is the engine being primed while this is going on? I don't think you told it not to. I guess this is this would be Kenzie's. Yeah, I think I probably would have been trying to get away the second that I saw the ships coming. Mm-hmm. It's probably been like I I don't know how much remote control I have. I probably can like access static wherever and maybe get her to like Yeah. Kick the kick the car car when it gets going. Okay. So I'm just gonna try and buy time then. Of a, a Vorcha with this whole ruse. Leans over to the Krogan warlord. It looks like their ship is revving up for a jump. Do you think you're going some th- somewhere, children? Um, no. Uh, we are just getting ready for 
you to go with you. Um, the we the ship is not really uh, it, it's new to us, so we're we're kind of they. I think they might have tried to set the prime going, but they we decided to we decided to focus on hostages more than any mechanical things. Do you want us to shut it down, sir? This ship has a failsafe. If you try and take off in it, it'll explode. Roll deception. Uh, deception is my good social skill. Uh, <laughs> against what? One red and one purple. One success and one threat. Vasp, fire on their engines. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, we, if you do that, then we can't really get the ship back with you, can we? Um, we'll just, we'll just turn off some things. We'll just, and Chloe starts pressing random buttons on the console. Just, just give us a minute or two. We'll figure this out. It's kind of new. Uh, Liam, get the, get that engineer out here. And I think Liam has his gun, which up really up close as it's held to your head, Kenzie, you can tell that there's no, like, it's not loaded. There's no clip. <laughs> oh no! My ship! <laughs> you get dragged out. Ah! Tell us how to deactivate the, the jump drive. Don't tell him anything. I, I, I'm afraid I've, I, I had it hooked up, so it can, uh, can't be activated with ships this close by? <laughs> it, it is okay. This one has a tragic past as a black market engineer this one can <laughs> try <laughs> and <laughs> jail me. <laughs> oh, God, I, can't do this. I don't really know what we're doing, honestly. I'm a little bit lost <laughs> in the sauce. The idea was that I was going to try and like waffle to buy time for the jump drive to warm up so that we could just like jump out from under their nose okay. without them following. I'm just trying to buy more time then? I don't know what I'm doing. This one swore after the tragic death of its second cousin at the hands of its of its shady undermarket dealings that it would never op- illegally operate on a ship again for you to have pushed to push it this far is the greatest affront Wait a minute, you're a criminal? Yes, it is true. <laughs> you lied to me, you damn jellyfish. It only wanted to escape its double life. <laughs> it just Static wanted... Static puppet! <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, as you flash out of here, Dread Rebers, the... Krogan Warlord is just kind of watching this melodrama play out, <laughs> very confused and baffled. And it's just like they all of you can kind of see on the Vorcha screen or on the screen that all of the Vorcha are just enraptured and they're just what is happening? They forget to fire and you escape. Nice! I try to high five Victus or Kane, but I remember that he's wearing handcuffs, so <laughs> 
I, I undo the handcuffs. <laughs> I take them off, and then I high five. Well played, everybody. Chloe's standing there staring at the screen where Robers was. That was the dumbest thing that I've ever succeeded at. <laughs> well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, that's what you get when you have the real Victor Kane on your team, eh? Oh, well, now I hadn't told them about that. Oh, no, but we're watching a movie tonight. That is still confidential. This one has you to thank, Zero. If it were not for your uh, introduction of it to the uh, tragic redemption arc of... Um, what, what, what was the femme fatale's name? The femme fatale's name was probably... Farah Moan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's really good. I hate it. We had a whole Facebook conversation, me and Lexi, like a few days ago, just trying to come up with these, and that's better than any of the ones we came up with. If it were not for your introduction to the tragic redemption art of the uh, stunningly seductive Miss... Fair lady, fairer moan. It would never have been able to come up with something so equal parts contrived and and yet hauntingly hypnotizing. Dang right, Ozzy. Do, do you want a high five? I don't know how you feel about high fives. They like raise up a tentacle. I, I awkwardly like high five the tentacle. <laughs> so I guess some good came out of those movies after all. What movies are you talking about? Oh, sorry. We haven't explained. Movie night on the way to Ilium will tell you the whole thing. It still has one day left to travel. Perhaps, Zyra, you could introduce our new friends. Oh yeah, we're gonna go all the way to 14 now. Do we have to watch that many? It is clearly an important educational experience. For announcements regarding this production, you can follow us on Twitter at DiceWeavePod. Kane Victus was played by Nathan Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at BertNerdTram. That's B-E-R-T-N-E-R-D-T-R-A-M. Zeratum Narnovum was played by Mackenzie Eastrom, who can be found on Twitter at Kenzie Phoenix. K-E-N-Z-I-E Phoenix. Both can also be found on their podcast, Rainbow Connection, and with me on their other podcast, Video Game, The Movie, The Podcast. Ozai Leander is played by Will Lee. I'm Alex Conwell, your host, game master, producer, and editor. I can be found on Twitter at Conwell underscore Alex, or on Facebook at Alex Conwell Creative. I also wrote and performed the original music featured in this production. If you want to support the podcast or hear updates about my other projects, consider becoming a subscriber on Patreon at Alex Conwell Creative. The logo for Diceweave was created by Allison Healy, who can be found on Facebook at Allison M. Healy Illustrator. That's Healy as H E A L Y. The role playing system used for these episodes is Genesis, which was created by a very talented team of designers formerly working at Fantasy Flight Games. The Mass Effect universe was developed by Bioware and owned by Electronic Arts. The Genesis adaptation of Mass Effect used in this production was designed by Blue Sunrise with feedback from the Genesis homebrew community. <laughs>